Hello, everyone. This is Sal from Bitcoin Taxes. Welcome to our podcast. Each episode, we speak to an expert with knowledge related to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Our guest today is Andrew Gordon. Andrew is a cryptocurrency tax lawyer and the managing attorney of Gordon Law Group. Andrew concentrates on tax controversy and compliance, internet law, FTC defense, and corporate litigation. Andrew, thank you for being here today. Thanks, Sal. Looking forward to it. Yes, definitely. So, Andrew, you were a guest on our show back in March of 2019. At that time, we had an in-depth discussion about FBAR and FATCA filing. Have there been any significant developments in the world of FBAR and FATCA since we last spoke? Yes and no. It still remains a gray area of tax law. There has been some informal discussion and guidance from different parts of the Department of Treasury that perhaps the FBAR is not required for cryptocurrency, but FATCA which is a separate form and a separate disclosure, uh, there has been less discussion of. Mm. But in either case, there hasn't been any explicit guidance from the IRS that says, in fact, the FBAR or FATCA are or are not required. Since we last spoke, the IRS did, after five years, finally issue some additional guidance Mm -hmm. on certain areas of cryptocurrency. And despite having many different FAQs and areas of discussion, They failed to address this question. They did not answer explicitly whether or not the FBAR and FATCA are required for crypto. So unfortunately, in that respect, it still remains gray. Now, I remember talking a lot about FBAR and FATCA, obviously with you last year and then with a couple other guests on the podcast as well. A lot of people were asking about it. A lot of customers of Bitcoin.tax were asking about it. FBAR was the one that was generally most people kind of said, you don't have to pay anything if you file it. So you may as well file it to avoid any penalties. Is that kind of an accurate um, description of it? Correct. The FBAR and FATCA forms, they're different forms, but both of them are concerned with disclosing the maximum value that you had in the account at any time during the year. And again, it's maximum value. They're not asking for gains or losses, and it's just a disclosure, meaning that there's no tax calculation. The IRS simply wants to know what is the maximum amount that you had in that account? And as long as you disclose and disclose timely, there aren't any penalties, there isn't any tax. And that's mm-hmm. why often people look at it and say, well, if there's no harm in, in filing and there's uncertainty as to whether or not you should file, it often makes sense just to file. Mm-hmm. But you should always consult your accountant or tax professional to talk about your case. Yeah, of course. You know, obviously, coronavirus is happening. The whole world is dealing with it. Everybody's dealing with it differently. How would you say it's affected your life and your career as a cryptocurrency tax pro? So as a tax professional, we prepare a lot of tax returns and also cryptocurrency reconciliations for people. And typically, the tax deadline is April 15th with the opportunity to extend the filing, but not the payment. The payment is always due. April 15th. This year, because of the coronavirus, uh, the Department of Treasury extended not only the filing date, but also the payment due date to July 15th. So extended it three additional months. And the result for us is, is, fortunately, we have more time for many of our clients to get their returns and their crypto filed and done before the payment due date of July 15th. Because even if we file an extension, which can get you until October 15th, the payment is still due July 15th. Right. I always thought that was strange that you could file an extension, but you still had to pay the money that's due. It always seems strange to me. Yeah. You know, if you don't pay by that deadline, 
and you pay at the time you file your return, you'll get charged interest and, and penalties. So maybe it's just a, a way to increase the tax base. Who knows? So you have your own cryptocurrency tax firm, correct? Correct. How has that affected your own cryptocurrency tax firm? We were based in the suburbs of Chicago, and we typically are all together in an office. And although we could do a lot of our work at home or virtually, we've always had the benefits of working cooperatively together, especially in the area of crypto tax, which is developing. There's always a new question or something that's arising with one of our clients. And so we've had to move towards not only working remotely, but having conferences and discussions virtually. But even despite being now in different houses, we still are able to discuss and and work through problems. It's just kind of a new world where it's done at home. Right. And it seems like most people are dealing with working from home. And a lot of people in the crypto space are used to doing things remotely anyway. So personally, it hasn't affected my job very much aside from, you know, we were talking about before, there's a lot more people doing their taxes post-April now than there were normally. Right. And we've always been a very tech-focused firm, trying to do things that are technologically advanced, making things easier for our clients, having online portals and documents delivered electronically. And so we've been well-equipped to make this transition into what seems to be a fully digital world. But yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. I mean, being in the crypto space, it seems like you would almost expect a company that's focusing on crypto taxes to have some level of technical aptitude. So I think that works in our favor, you know, all of our favors in this industry. Now, my question for you is, have you noticed any topics or issues that your crypto tax customers have been asking you about that we could discuss that you might have some clarity on? Sure. We're now approaching the end of April, and it's been all over the news that there's been a lot of different stimulus programs that are available for small businesses sole proprietors. And so a lot of different people in crypto and even those with businesses outside crypto have been reaching out to us asking, are there different programs that we can take advantage of? How do we take advantage of this? What makes sense for us? Because there's a lot of information out there. And often, unfortunately, it's the people that know how to go through these programs, know how to apply that are the ones that are getting the money from them. So we've been spending a lot of time recently helping people with these different options. Yeah, and that, I feel like you would be a powerful ally to have in this because I've heard that there's been some controversy that some of the bigger companies that have relationships with banks were able to get their hands on that money before some of the smaller businesses that didn't have those prior relationships with banks. Right. And so what you're talking about is the payroll protection program loans mm-hmm. or the PPP, which is one of the best options out there for small businesses. It really is almost like getting free money or a grant from the government. And it allows up to eight weeks of payroll, rent, and utilities to be paid to you in a forgivable loan. So it's originally a loan, but as long as you use it for those purposes, you don't just stick the money in your pocket, it is forgiven by the government. But you're absolutely right. A lot of people applied. There was originally $349 billion that were approved for this program. And within days, the money was gone. The SBA ran out of money. And news reports suggest that probably about 5 to 10% of the people that wanted funds got it in that initial amount. And then just this week, it was approved an additional $310 million. 
And we're not sure how long that's going to last. And unfortunately, there seems to be suggestions that, as you said, that people that have connections or perhaps even larger companies are getting these loans. But there are things that small businesses that people listening to this can do, they should do to take advantage of these loans. Because as I mentioned, there are essentially like grants, as long as you use them for these purposes, they're forgiven. And they're available through most banks. So you apply through whatever bank you generally have a banking relationship with. But even if you don't have a banking relationship, there are other banks out there that will accept people that will apply and help you apply and give you the funds, even if you don't have an account. So it's definitely something that people should look into. Yeah. So how about crypto? Does crypto play a role in any of this economic relief that the government is offering? So yes and no. The first kind of government offering, which is what we also talked about, the delay of income taxes to July 15th. So We have a lot of clients that owe because of capital gains in 2019, and now they have extra time. And so what does this mean for you as a crypto trader? Well, perhaps you were going to liquidate some of your holdings before April 15th to pay your taxes. Now you have additional time. So that could mean additional staking rewards, could mean additional time to make decisions about when you're going to sell. So it allows just greater opportunities for crypto trading and tax planning. So the most basic thing is you have more time and you can use that to your advantage. But also some of these other programs do apply to crypto traders. So some of the people out there listening are crypto traders, which is different than investors. Mm -hmm. So if you are trading daily, regularly, and it's really a business, you may be filing your tax return as a trader, which A lot of people may think of themselves as a trader, but in the eyes of the IRS, they're really investors. This is different because as a trader, you're essentially a a small business. And so you will be eligible for these same forgivable loans or other loans that any other small business would be eligible for. And you don't need payroll. And that was a big misconception with the payroll protection program loans. It's got payroll in the name, but Fortunately, guidance came out and said that even if you're a sole proprietor or an independent contractor, so for people listening out there, either as a crypto business or you just have another business, you're a Schedule C filer on your tax return. And that could be for crypto, it could be for something else. You can be eligible for a forgivable loan under the payroll protection program. And I'll fast forward the math for you. If you're a Schedule C business, you can be eligible for a little over $20,000 of forgivable loans. And again, this can be if you're a crypto trader, it could be if you have a business that's related to crypto, providing crypto consulting or anything like that, or even something that's not related to crypto at all, any small business. Yeah, even uh, freelancers, there's a EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, which is an advance, right? Correct. So we just talked about the PPP which is a forgivable loan. Separately, there's the EIDL, which is a loan through the SBA. So the PPP, you apply through your bank. Mm -hmm. The EIDL, you can apply at sba.gov. And actually on our social media, we have a video, it's about 10 minutes, where we walk you through step-by-step how to actually apply for the loan. So we'll show you screen-by-screen how to fill it out. And the EIDL has two components. The first part is a grant, 
It doesn't have to be paid back. It's actually cashed to you. And the way that that is now calculated is it's up to $10,000, but it's $1,000 per employee that you have. And so that's a grant. The second part is a loan. It's a fixed rate loan, 3.75%. And it can be 10 years or in some cases, even more. So the first part is a small grant based on the number of employees you have. And then the second part is just a fixed rate, low interest loan that you can use to continue your business. And and like you said, Sal, this can be for crypto trading. It could be for consulting. It can be for all different things. These are all really excellent opportunities available to a lot of Americans. We're recording right now at the end of April. This episode may not be out for a week or two. By that time, a lot could be changing. And at the end of April currently, as far as I understand, most of this money is already gone. Is that correct? So the PPP program just reopened with an additional $310 billion, But indications are that much or nearly all of that is probably already spoken for. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's potential that there may be more money because more government stimulus passed in the future. So if you're listening to this and it's weeks from now, perhaps we're going to be talking about the third batch of stimulus funds. So in either case, what I would suggest is prepare yourself, your business to apply for it because it's typically been the businesses that are at the front of the line that have been approved. And even if you missed the first batch of funds or even now the second, get ready for the third. Worst case, you spent some time preparing and it was never passed. But the indications are that there are a lot of small businesses that are struggling. They need funds. And if only 10, 20% of the businesses out there have gotten it, hopefully there will be more funds to come. Yeah, that's really great advice to prepare because likely there will be more funds. I mean, I'm not a political expert, but you would assume that, nor am I a epidemiologist, but if you're following what's going on, it seems like this is going to be going on for a little bit longer and a lot of people are still going to be negatively affected. So you would think that the government response will continue to hopefully offer some money to those people that are struggling. So if you missed it these first two times, it really is a good idea to prepare to understand what you're doing. Check out those social media posts that you had mentioned that your company offers in order to understand what you're doing and to get ready and to make sure you get in there and to get the money that is out there for you. Yeah, definitely. All right, Andrew. So by the time this episode's released, most Americans will have received their economic stimulus payment. However, there is talk about some other potential economic relief, which one of those things would be a payroll tax credit. So can you talk a little bit about the payroll tax credit, what it is and what it could potentially mean? Sure. So this is formally referred to the employee retention credit. And this was passed as part of the CARES Act, the same bill that passed the IDL loans and the payroll protection program, forgivable loans. Under that same bill, Congress allowed a payroll tax credit, basically if you keep your employees. And the way that you can be eligible is if you look at your revenue last year compared to your revenue this year on a quarter by quarter basis. And if that revenue decreased 50% or more, then you're eligible. That's one way to be eligible. The other is if your business was partially or fully suspended due to a government order. And so many of us are living in states with stay-at-home orders where non-essential businesses can't operate or are suspended. Even myself as an attorney, courts are closed. And so there's partial suspensions of our business. 
And so if you have either of these types of eligibility, either your revenue decreased 50% or more, or you were partially or fully suspended your operations due to the government, then you're eligible for this credit. And the credit is up to $5,000 per employee or 50% of wages paid to them up to $10,000. So the government will pay you back 50% of the wages you pay them up to 10,000 in wages or 5,000 in credit per employee. So this is another great option that's available for anyone that's listening that has employees. It's fairly easy to apply or actually take advantage of this credit, and it's refundable to you, meaning that it's not just that the government or the IRS is going to reduce future payroll tax credit, they'll actually send you a check once you fill out the form. So it's another option that's out there for small businesses. So when we talk about the economic stimulus payment that went out to many Americans, when we're talking about, you know, for individuals, most individuals that were under a certain income level received the $1,200. And what you're referring to right now sounds like it'll help a lot of, if it ever comes into fruition, it'll help a lot of businesses, small businesses and business owners. But will there be any tax credit that will help the employees? So one of the questions that I'm often asked is if the stimulus payment will be taxable. And it isn't, it won't be. So that if you receive $1,200, that is not taxable to you. Or if you receive additional for your children, that's not taxable to you. We haven't seen, at least in the current CARES Act, any direct credit for employees. We've just seen it for employers and independent contractors and sole proprietors. And I think the goal here was to keep people working so that their employers continue to pay them rather than giving the credit or the funds directly to the employees. Right. And just out of curiosity, do you have any opinion on whether you think any future stimulus packages will be passed for individuals? There's a lot of talk about them, but generally when people are talking about them, they say, oh, you know, this politician wants to give $2,000 every month. And then you hear somebody else say, there's literally no chance that that's going to happen. So what's your opinion on all that? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. Six months ago, we would have said that there's no chance that President Trump would pay everyone $1,200 in a stimulus check. That was more of a a Bernie Sanders proposal that Trump would have uh, definitely opposed. But, you know, times have changed. That being said, this being the end of April, there are discussions in D.C. about another CARES Act, a new stimulus payment. And if I was to guess, and this is just a guess, by the time that this podcast is out a couple weeks from now, we're probably going to see more serious news about additional stimulus payments, Hmm. especially if the stay-at-home orders continue across multiple states. If states start to open and things go positively, then perhaps not. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. Yeah. There's so many variables involved. I just was curious of your opinion, but there's really no way for either of us to predict what's going to happen because there are there are a lot of states opening slowly but again neither of us are epidemiologists we're not experts in those fields but neither of us know if those are going to work out for the states that are slowly opening like is it okay to be in a crowded beach or you know be around people every state is doing something different i'm in new york and i know that we have some pretty strict efforts in effect and you know i'm okay with that personally i don't want to get sick obviously i don't want my family to get sick But yeah, there's a lot going on that we can't really account for all those variables. Well, the one good news is that crypto doesn't carry corona. 
That's true, uh, true. I think there's been recently news or even CDC guidance that perhaps pets do, but yep. crypto doesn't. So transmitting crypto is at least so far safe. Yes. So that's at least some good news. Yes, yes, exactly. And we've actually talked about that a couple of times in, in the past episodes that it's the advantage of crypto. Obviously, not everybody uses cash anyway, but crypto is a hell of a lot safer than cash. Obviously, you can use your debit card, but Crypto has a lot of other benefits to it as well, of course, as we all know. So obviously, a lot of industries are affected by the coronavirus. Most industries are negatively affected. There are some industries that are prospering, like you think of Amazon or any type of delivery service. The food delivery services are prospering. Are there any industries in the crypto space that you would say are prospering during all this? One industry that's kind of similar has some relations to crypto is esports, which uses certain tokens in games, but also as a whole has been doing quite well with people staying at home and also other typical sports not broadcasting on TV. And that's been an opportunity for esports to really thrive because anyone can watch esports from any device at home. And as well as participate, players can participate in tournaments from their home, and they've been doing these things for years. So esports is an area that we have a number of clients in, and that we uh, provide a lot of services for. And we've seen them, fortunately, really growing and taking advantage of uh, the COVID climate. Yeah, I mean, I personally am a big Overwatch fan, and I know there's a big Overwatch esports following. I have some merch, some uh, Overwatch uh, New York Excelsior, I think is the mm-hmm. team name. I have some merch of theirs, even though I'm just basically jealous that I'm not a professional esports gamer myself, you know, but I still can appreciate the business for sure. You know, me and you were talking a little bit before, we'll have to have an entire episode about esports and crypto because non-fungible tokens are big in the crypto space and they're a component of esports or they are related to esports. So there's right. definitely a lot of good conversation to have about esports. So if you'd like, we'll have to have you back on. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, we'll have to have a full episode about gaming and esports. I'd love to have you back on soon. But for now, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you talking about some of the stuff that's going on in the crypto tax space and just in life in general really valuable information. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah, of course, definitely. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. The best way is through our website. It's www.gordonlawltd.com. So gordonlawltd.com. And we'll have the link in the podcast description. You can check it out on our webpage, talk.bitcoin.tax. We'll have Links to everything that we talked about here today, including the quick 10-minute video that Andrew was referring to about how to fill out these small business loan applications and how to really prepare yourself if there is a next round of funding. Andrew, thanks again and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Bitcoin Taxes Podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more cryptocurrency and blockchain-related podcasts. Also, stay tuned every Friday for the Cryptocurrency Informer, a mini podcast where we talk about some of the more relevant events going on in the crypto and crypto adjacent spaces. The Bitcoin Texas podcast was created by Colin Mackey and Salvatore Vesio and edited and produced by Isabel Chaparro and Salvatore Vesio.